Hi guys, this is David Negrin, host of The Script Podcast and executive director of the NYC Screenwriters Collective. I'm excited to announce that we've created a Patreon campaign for The Script. Patreon is like a Kickstarter, but it allows you to give ongoing pledges every month and receive ongoing rewards. Of course, The Script Podcast will continue to be free, but we're just asking for a little help. We release four or five podcasts a month, but we'd like to do more. We'd also like to improve our audio quality and release video podcasts with rich content. So here's how you can help. Become a patron of The Script Podcast and gain access to our VIP activity feed with premium content. There you'll be able to communicate privately with myself and my co-hosts after every podcast. You can get a packet of original screenwriting guides written exclusively for members of the NYC Screenwriters Collective. You can receive our monthly tracking board preview podcast for Hollywood insider updates on big script sales and the hottest spec screenplays to hit the market. You can get access to full on-demand video of NYC Screenwriters Collective events, lectures, and panel discussions. At the highest patron levels, you can even request the film or TV series we analyze and come on the script yourself to analyze it. So please, check out all our rewards, join our inner circle. Become a patron of The Script Podcast at patreon.com slash the script. Scott. I've been watching you for a while now. You're different. Now, don't let anyone tell you that you have nothing to offer. Second chances don't come around all that often. I suggest you take a really close look at it. Scott, I need you to be the end man. This is The Script, the official podcast of the NYC Screenwriters Collective. Tonight, we are podcasting Ant-Man, okay? We're doing it. We're doing another Marvel movie, <laughs> uh, this time directed by Peyton Reed, uh, sort of almost directed by Edgar Wright, but a screenplay by Edgar Wright, Joe Cornish, Adam McKay. Um, and Paul Rudd got a credit on that screenplay. Um, we are broadcasting from a very special area today. The B12 studio. The B12 studio. Um, it's, uh, normally we podcast from, uh, Skype from our apartments, uh, in our underwear. But tonight, Logan Kane, Alec Pollock, Jordan Yanko, and myself, David Negrin, all podcasting from a professional studio. <laughs> but we had to set up the mics ourselves, so we don't know if it sounds any better. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> no professional audio people. Just a professional studio. Um, so, uh, we're doing Ant-Man. Um, we're going to do our, our regular beat sheet sort of analysis, but uh, let me just uh, quickly introduce... Our crew tonight, Alec Pollock, he's a screenwriter, uh, he's an instructor at the NYC Screenwriters Collective, and he's a recent budding children's book author, which is relevant to our film tonight. Okay, uh, Logan Kane is a screenwriter, uh, staff member at the Collective, and uh, he's, he's very good at last-minute production emergencies. He saves our butt more than once <laughs> in the last 24 hours. Um, and then I have... Jordan Yanko, screenwriter, comedian, and elite dialect 
coach. Don't forget voiceover. Voiceover, too. Does voiceover as well. But the most important thing is you can do over 60 dialects. Yeah, I mean, if you break it down, it's... And we're going to scrap the whole podcast. We're just going to have you do dialects for the rest of the hour. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so if you hear voices in other in other accents any time tonight, that's Jordan. <laughs> um, what's your website? JordanYonko.com. I thought you had like an accent one. That is. Oh, okay. Everything. It's a one-stop shop, really. JordanYonko.com. And um, your professional actors, clients... Uh, what, what kind of services do you provide? So I do dialect coaching, of course. I do accent reduction for people having trouble being understood. It's appropriate for this podcast. Excellent. Excellent. And yeah, whatever the actors need, I will teach. Fantastic. You have some uh, great clients. And actually, you have a lot to say about some of the accents in our film tonight, don't you? I do. I do. <laughs> One in particular. One in particular. Well, we'll get to that. Um, let's start. Let's jump in, guys. Um just general thoughts on Ant-Man, okay? I want to go with Alec. Alec Pollock. Well, one of the things I also want to just, maybe we, uh, our professional lives, of course, are important, but who here is actually familiar with the comic books? Uh, yeah, let, comic book let's, fans? Do, let's do our, ba- back, our, uh, our background. Our backstory. Myself, David Negrin. Um, I am a light comic book fan. I was uh, more of an uh, Avengers, Submariner um, kind of guy as a kid, um, but I'm not a huge fanboy for comic books. Logan? Um, extremely light comic book fan. Uh, I'd say the furthest it goes back is probably to the 90s cartoon shows for X-Men and Spider-Man and, and the such. So if Ant-Man did pop up, it would have been in there, but not that I remember. Jordan? I am definitely uh, raised on a Superman and Batman level. Uh, my dad had an interesting sense of humor buying me the, the weirdest, obscurest figures. So like, I had a Hawkman. But beyond the underoos, it's pretty much just Superman, Batman. I grew up on X-Men, the animated series. That was good. Let's go, pub. And all those other <laughs> voices. <laughs> what other voices, huh? You know, the one for Gambit. He does his, uh, mon cher. But he's not a real Cajun. He's kind of. If you look him up, I believe he's from L.A. You have some serious doubts about the upcoming uh, Gambit. You know, I actually tweeted to uh, Channing Tatum, and I said, I can help. I'm available. But I don't, he didn't reach out to me, so I don't think it's going to yeah, go Channing, so well. Yes. Channing, if you can hear us, Jordan can save you. There's still time. There's still time. Alec. Uh, I, I was a total comic book guy growing up, kid growing up. I, I think I learned to read on like Richie Rich and Casper Comics yes. and then was like heavy into comics in the 80s and 90s. But you have a deep understanding of the Marvel Universe. Way back when, and I have kind of a light understanding of where it's come so far. Well, so you, well, I will you, bring whatever knowledge being, I have. You're being humble. I will bring whatever knowledge I have to bear on on uh, the material for today. So then as a as a experienced comic book fan, give general thoughts on how they treated Ant-Man tonight. I thought it was fun. I thought going in the direction of really doing action comedy as kind of the genre was a very, very wise choice. I think it worked really well for Guardians of the Galaxy. And Guardians worked, yeah. And I think we can definitely talk comparisons as to what worked and what didn't between the two. In general, I thought that the slow parts were way too slow and it just took way too long for anything to really get going in general. Yeah, um, and when it finally was... delivered, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I just wish the whole movie was like that. This was some tempo issues, some screen yeah. in the screen in this screenplay for sure, um, and we'll, uh, maybe we'll get into why that is. But a lot of the a lot of the Marvel films, you know, they have to balance their budget between the character development moments and the big um, 
computer effects moments and the successful ones do do a good job of spending their money correctly in both areas and some of them i don't think ant-man um the director well actually i mean they had some director issues right maybe we talk about that controversy uh between Wright and Peyton, reed and Peyton. um so maybe that's some of the result but um i mean some of the special effects i guess i'm giving my opinion um i fell asleep i couldn't i can't believe it like i was like at a superhero movie and i fell asleep <laughs> there were some slow moments in this there were some funny moments in this. Paul Rudd is a funny guy, okay? Genius. And Edgar Wright writes a funny script. There's some great jokes in this, actually. I mean, it, this had such potential to be one of these great action comedies, but I don't, I don't think it hit it. Michael Pena was awesome in this. He actually <laughs> stole every scene he was in, um, and he was hilarious and funny. And T.I. did an okay job for a rapper <laughs> in a Marvel movie, too. So... Um, Michael Pena's accent was authentic too. I believed it. 100%. <laughs> so, okay, that, good to know. Um, and and yeah, and and uh, Paul Rudd has the perfect average white guy accent. Kansas. Yeah, I'll okay. do it. That'll do it. That'll He's do from it. Kansas. Oh wow, interesting. I thought you just knew that from the accent. That was good. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so some of the action set pieces, some of the special effects set pieces were amazing. The one that jumps out to me the most was. The fight scene in the briefcase? Were they in a briefcase? What right. was it when it was falling? Yeah, in a briefcase. With, I didn't even know what items were in the briefcase. They're like an iPhone charger, Besides a cell phone. Siri, yeah. Yeah, right, in, Sir, like in Siri speak. Oh, yeah. What did Siri say? Uh, Playing Disintegration by The Cure. Uh, yeah, right, and they did yeah. They get to plug The Cure song, right. Yeah. That, was, that was beautifully done, and that is what this movie should have been focused on. Okay? Um, to me... You know, th this 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 movie um, didn't have enough Marvel superhero to it. It felt too much like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Well, Act One went on for an hour, basically. Oh my goodness! Right? This this yeah, the break in the two did not happen for a really so, long time. That was so confusing going after the the movie trying to break it down into the the proper beats i'm still kind of at a loss and i'm very curious to hear what you guys have to say about the act two and the and the break into three and all that okay um, logan general thoughts uh general thoughts i thought it was fun like going into it with pretty low expectations it's fun they did a great job with the cgi as far as a character arc uh i didn't really find one for for paul red's character like they kind of hinted at it, but it never really finished. It was more. He yeah. he he was a good dad who didn't have a job, and at the end of it, he was a good dad who had a job. Right, but not exactly yeah, a character. No. Arc. Yeah, <laughs> the pay is unclear on the job, but he has a job. Right. So, um, other than that, uh, I saw the uh, uh, the kind of father daughter thing that they were going for, and it was it was you know lighthearted it was good it was nice uh, Evangeline Lilly uh, she's beautiful so that kind of carried her character but uh otherwise... she was completely underwritten was she she was barely in this movie yeah know? she went from the hobbit where she's a pretty major character that they wrote in for her mm -hmm. to this kind of behind the scenes almost well but again it's still it could be a setup for Exactly. The role she will play in the future. The, the, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so what? Who's the character who uh, they set her up to play in a in a in a in a sequel to? She'll be the wasp. The second the, wasp. The wasp. Okay. So this goes to what we were talking about earlier about the plot starting too late. Okay. And then us at the end of the film finding out that she might be a superhero. 
and her maybe in the second movie becoming the Wasp, also way too late. Okay, everything in this story should have been moved up an entire act. Yeah, people have left the theater by the yeah. time you find out that she's the Wasp. So <laughs> the, you... the, she should have become the Wasp at the midpoint, right? right. We, we should have broken the two after for fifteen minutes. And she says, "Finally," and all of us say, "Finally." Yeah. <laughs> and women, yeah, wa- everywhere, time. fans everywhere are like, "Finally." Yeah, she's got she's she she gets to put on a suit. But again, it was such a weird mix again from the source material, just because again, Hank Pym was the the original Ant Man, and the right. wa- and Janet Van Dyne was the original Wasp, who okay. is the one who who dies in in the backstory in this film. Yes, which we don't get a good. Which is not what happens in the comics, yeah. basically. So it 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 they they took a lot of liberties in order to uh, knit together their story. So they spent time updating the old Ant-Man story from the 60s 60s yeah and uh, creating the new generation when as an audience even diehards like you Alec barely knew the backstory of that why would you even why would you this is an origin story right right Uh, Jordan this is a origin story right so why why do origin reboot when we're just doing origin story again just one quick thing before you dive in Jordan Again, Marvel has gotten very complex because Scott Lang is Ant-Man in the comics as well. So there is already a second generation in the comics. And Hank Pym's daughter is a second Wasp. And in fact, even Scott Lang's daughter becomes a superhero. So they've already gone through the generations. So they're kind of picking and choosing from all But in all Captain America, they started in the, in the 40s with the first generation. They used time travel to fast forward them in the, at the, in the plot. Yeah. If they're not going to do that, why even bring it up? This is just to get everybody on board and like, this is what it is, deal with it, and we're making movies, and this is the story. Because, yeah. yeah. like, to be honest, this whole kind of movie felt just like a step for them to get to the next movie that they're going to do. Not totally contrived, but almost like it was contrived solely for the purpose of why not do a relatively low budget, $130 million movie where it can be funny, and then we'll set up that phase three. Yeah, this was a this was a somewhat funny movie with some ser- some some special effects moments that were excellent. Sure. Um, that was a synopsis for the sequel. And it's not even going to be the sequel. It's for the next Captain America movie, Captain America: Civil War, which is right. the next movie that picks up from all of these. And Ant Man gets to be an actual superhero in that, part instead of, part. of a bumbling like <laughs> Honey, I Shrunk the Kids hero. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about this. Jordan, you're, you're a comedian. The tone of the comedy in this, compared to, say, Guardians of the Galaxy, which was an su- extremely successful combination of action and comedy. Yeah, this, this definitely... Paul Rudd's got the comedic timing down. And I think, actually, he's a very special brand. Like, no one else can do what Paul Rudd does. I mean, he's got that leading man thing, but he's also got kind of like that... The comedic timing. And goofy. The, yeah, goofy. Like, you want to root for him? I would have seen Eggplant Man if it had Paul Rudd in it. Like, <laughs> this is just fits in with the whole Avengers theme. But uh, but, but that, that, that tone of comedy compared to um, compared to the Guardians of the Galaxy tone, which was a little bit sharper, edgier, ironic humor, a little inside humor, this was a lot of goofy, like, kid jokes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yes, it it is about a, a man who shrinks into somebody little. And I mean, how many Hiding I Shrunk the Kids movies were there? I mean, this seemed like the kids uh, shrunk the th- kids. And that, yeah, yeah. fantastic boy. <laughs> I don't know. 
So, um, he's a weird hero. Like he's a weird character yeah. in the comics. Like he's, he has he, he has never gotten the level of Captain America or Iron Man yeah. in terms of popularity. Which is fine. We want to see these niche characters. And he characters. never will because they're trying to move it along right. to Avengers. But we, he we was wanted... Guardians of the Galaxy, and they were yes. successful. Yes, at it, but though. Guardians of the Galaxy established its le- its tone of weirdness. These guys are odd. And if they would have stick with uh, the the um, the original director. Then I think we would have had Edgar something. Wright. If, if Edgar Wright would have stuck with it, it would have been something original. Because he knows how to pull it off. Because of the, you know, his success with the Three Flavors Cornetto, with um, with Scott Pilgrim, he knows how to pull off that yeah. different tone. Yeah. It, it, this was a complex comedic project, and it needed a comedy genius like Edgar Wright to pull it off. And I don't think it got pulled off as well. Because I they, don't think it got pulled off. Period. I'm do you sorry. think it was because they tried to pull it into the more of the tone of Avengers? No, they pull it into a a, a a broad blockbuster movie tone, which a general like funny tone. This this like felt Transformers like... or like um, any or, or any other major uh, uh, like the Lone Ranger. They just widen the comedy when it needed to be narrowed and 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 niche comedy. Yeah, you're supposed to root for all these guys in an Avenger film. And I feel like this is like Appetizer Man, and like it's moving to. <laughs> I mean, What's Appetizer's like, man's special power? Uh, he shrimp, anything fried. Um, <laughs> is he French? <laughs> he probably should be French. I'm trying to set yes. you up for the uh, No, do here. not set up. Make it come organically. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I thought there were. I I agree with uh, with David in that there were definitely moments where I was yawning, um, but there were moments where I was in it for the comedy, and I, and I think I. The first thing I noticed is the suspend disbelief moments, and there were a lot of those <laughs> in this where I didn't really notice them so much in the other films. But twenty dollars for child support in San Francisco, <laughs> like that, I right away like this is a fictional movie. <laughs> That's uh, where you stop. Most expensive. I city. saw you walk out. Well, my suspension disbelief was when the like the elaborate plot to get him into the building with the water and everything. I was like, wait a minute, didn't they just like put everything into the little? They, they smuggled a tank in, but they couldn't get him in. Like, yeah. What? Like, yeah. Also, ants will die uh, if exposed to water. So I, I, guess <laughs> then kind of, I don't know if you wait. Tried don't it. bring your your your, your, <laughs> your erudite science. scientific knowledge onto this podcast. <laughs> ants in water. Who knows? And there was, Who knows? There were no magnifying glass jokes at all. Like this is wow. Ant-Man, right? Wow. I was waiting for something. That missed opportunity. Yeah. We were, we were, I kind of missed it. We were just talking about how the movie would have been much different with Edgar Wright, and I was looking into this, and actually Evangeline Lilly commented on how she felt about the original uh, first drafts of the screenplay. She said, I saw with my own eyes that Marvel had just pulled the script into their world, like they had established the universe, um, but Edgar Wright's was much more in the Edgar Wright camp of films. It was very different, and if Marvel had created his incredible vision... It would have been completely uh, out of their universe they were trying to set up, and it would have been totally um, a sore thumb in the mix of, of all the other movies. Oh, so Evangeline Lilly coming out on the Marvel blockbuster tentpole side? I don't, so hold on. This movie doesn't fit in the Marvel universe. It barely fit in for me. It felt like a, a, a kid's comedy, like, um, and then Hawkeye shows up, or Hawkman shows up. Falcon. Falcon. Falcon shows up. So, I mean, and did we have, I guess, Tony Stark's dad was in it. I know Roger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Roger Sterling's in it. Awesome. <laughs> and how dare and you have just Roger. Agent <laughs> Carter exactly. aged 
How dare you put her in the movie and age her? But we've seen her now in three ages. We've yeah. seen her in the forties. We've seen her oh, yeah. uh, in uh, in Captain America. I think it was Winter Soldier where where you see her and you know as, yeah. a, as an old woman. Yeah. And then you saw her in uh, in the eighties. All right, let's do a beat sheet, guys. Anyone have an opening image for us? It's a guy without a job mm-hmm. who. Opening image. We I thought he was in a fight. Yeah, he gets punched in the face. Punched in the face. And by a much larger individual, yes. I think that's also yes. you know, symbolic. Thank you. Well done, Logan. Yeah, like a really big dude punches him in the face and he can take it. Mm. Right? He gets punched a couple of times and he punches back. That is essentially, isn't that Ant-Man's superpower? Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. That he can take a punch... And w- and with comedy, because he said, "Well, you guys have your goodbye rituals, you know." So that kind of sets the tone. Like this guy's gonna take a beating and kind of joke about it. Like w- when he said, "Are you going for the hand?" You know, like yeah, that's the he, same. Yeah, exactly. He he kind of shows how kind of witty he is. He's a little bit elusive. Kind of tends towards his whole like burglary type character. When he says, uh, "Yeah, I was like, what if I hit you over here?" And he's like, "What?" And then he just socks him right in the face. Kind of right. catches him off guard. So it, it does set up the tone that there's going to be physical violence, which is good. We want it in the Marvel movie. It's not a kid's movie. There should be physical violence. It sets up the tone of comedy. The comedy. And it sets us, uh, it's foreshadowing of Ant-Man's superpower, which is he's, ex- and actually I, I, I would like this to talk about something we talk about in Collective a lot, which is the rules of the universe, because I'm not sure they did a great job of establishing the rules of the universe for Ant-Man. Um, but one thing I do know is that he has super strength. Right, with the suit, yeah. So it's like proportional, kind of like Spider-Man, where even though he shrinks, he can still punch you like an adult. Yes, and uh, or not an adult, a full size. And then when he's full size, he punches you like a full size. Like so. Right. So he's punching like a regular guy who punches. Yes, but then the power is that he can shrink and still pack that same wallop. In okay. a very small space, so it's like a bullet. Mm-hmm. Right. Does he have flying abilities, or he just floats because he's thin, small? It's funny you should mention that, because that was another one. Where, like, there <laughs> were scenes where, where he I... didn't use an ant to get around. He just, like, jumped at one point and flew. <laughs> and, and he's like, see ya, and like, what are you flying on? But, I mean, you need a jetpack or something. For a lot of the movie, he was using ants. He was using Antony, yeah. which was very clever. Antony. Uh, Antony. Um, but yeah, but sometimes he didn't have the ant. Well, some of the actually the the some of the best stuff in this was the ant army. Remember the guy in the theater when the ant army shows up? He's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We had one of those guys. It was Empty fantastic. That guy in the theater, shut the hell up. <laughs> he was great. He was hilarious. He's my favorite part of the movie, actually. No. But but when the ant army showed up, it was like, okay, so that helps because this guy's superpower isn't, you know, he's not Superman. Right. He's more like a. He's more like a, a Captain America where he has a couple of abilities, but he adds um, And he Pim, adds Pim said it. it. You know, they need a leader. Like, yeah. these ants are kind of, they can do all this cool stuff, but they're kind of just ants. It's untapped material. Don't you think they could have done more with the ant stuff? Um, I mean, how much can you do with ants? Like, <laughs> but Besides burn them and, 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 and fly on them. and No, leading the ants, organizing All them. the different groups. An like army, a bunch of tribes of ants. Uh, Carpenter ants. Fire. Ants for girls. But what was Scott Robot Lang's ants. superpower? Say again? What was Scott Lang's superpower? He's a thief. He can get into anywhere. He's a cat burglar. Right, yes. and, and breaking into that safe with the innovative ideas about the, uh, the mm-hmm. liquid hydrogen and right. yeah. that was, the door like that's his superpower yeah. but he never uses that in the right. rest of the movie exactly that's the problem <laughs> that's our problem that's the problem like that's his right. superpower and he, he never used... safe cracked the, the finale our, our third act was not a safe cracking scenario even when they it go over the m- blueprints 
Mm-hmm. There was no like thievery. But they had the opportunity when he's trapped in that chamber at the end. I was like, oh, okay, how is he going to use his science to get out of this? And then it was just like he throws something and it boom, he's <laughs> right. out. Like no, like right. that should have been it. Right. He's, tra- the- he's trapped in like the infinity of minusculeness. Yeah. Or no, no. When he's in the chamber, it was a trap that um, yeah, you might cross. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I saw the cross. But you're right. No, yeah. he, his original superpower of being a, a safe cracker burglar, burglar in and out without yeah being and, and and resourceful guy uh was not used they just resorted to ah, oh, he's a superhero and he's guy. got this these ninja stars that i guess if you throw it at something it gets big unless somebody blocks yeah. it with their hand <laughs> and it negates the whole on contact principle the honey i blew up the kids ninja stars yeah. you can buy those at like you know at the alice stores. in wonderland gift shop one um, makes you larger one makes you okay smaller. uh was there a theme stated in this movie a theme can anyone got one and it was a quote when he goes to his daughter's birthday party and they go outside he's with his uh with his ex-wife and what does she say? She she tells him, like, basically, like, get your shit together. And she says, um, in regards to Cassie, the daughter, she tells Scott, you're her hero, Scott. Be the person she already thinks you are. And that's actually a line that's repeated exactly. by Michael say. Douglas at the end of the movie. And that, that's your classic superhero origin story arc. Every origin story in every superhero film, Marvel, DC, is yeah. about... You are a superhero. Right. Believe in it, and it's a metaphor for you know every hero's journey. Yes, forever. Clark Kent, be yeah, the hero yeah, that you be want the them. person you can be. So again, you know we're going back to some stock sort of story elements here. The the story element of uh, the you know the B story of be a better father for your daughter. The dude got out of prison. You know he's doing his best. Like I didn't even buy that. And he's a really good dad. Every moment he's with his daughter, he's a good dad. And he's an electrical engineer. He can get better than Baskin Robbins. I mean, that was that was for the joke. <laughs> I know it was for the joke. Baskin <laughs> Robin good. always finds yeah, out. That, that was, was good. Funny. <laughs> that was good. Um, yeah, you know, ex-cons are gonna see this movie. They're not gonna go apply for jobs there. <laughs> but they all had the best lines. They, the the cons. Was it backing away? Backing away? Backing away? Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. Um, yeah, I mean, seriously, Michael Payne just stole this film. It's an unfortunate casualty, you know, in a, in a specific operation, like a serious... Yeah. <laughs> so, then, um, uh, so what's the setup of this movie? Does anyone want to just, the first act, anyone just want to give give me a, a abridged version of the setup? Of the... Of the anime. Yeah, again, and the setup felt like it was the whole first hour instead of it the first It was really long. Minutes. Yeah, the setup being... Uh, Scott Lang gets out of prison and uh, can't get a job and doesn't want to become a thief again, so doesn't take any of the criminal activity, criminal work that he yeah. could be getting, uh, and then uh, realizes that in order to see his daughter, he's... So that's debate, kind of, uh, where he's like, no, we're not going to... Yeah, he gets, he gets, he gets the, uh, that's kind of a catalyst. Oh, this is such a weak catalyst. Oh my gosh. It's like, oh, come, 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 and it's the first of two. Yeah, yeah. Come, come do a job with us. And then he's like, no, I'm clean now. I'm out. And then he goes and he debates it and he gets some shit from his ex-wife because he can't be a good enough father because he doesn't have a job to pay the child And he gets fired from Baskin Robbins. And he gets fired from Baskin Robbins by that funny dude. Um, who who they could have used more of. I wanted yeah. to see the Baskin Robbins Definitely. guy more. Come back and, and like then, order so, a mango smoothie again. So the, the hero, yeah. 
Refuses the journey, uh, debates a little bit at Baskin Robbins because he's got to pay his twenty dollars child support. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's it's 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 uh, adding up. Which and, you could make it Baskin Robbins, and then Robbins, we get back to so finally he takes the he, he accepts the challenge. Yes, he goes break into two is it's, but is it the break into two? Uh-huh. That's what it's I'm saying. It's the first. It's it has the to first. Be. It's it's just such a weak first half but, of the second act. This fir- the first half of the second act of this movie is so weak, and that's the problem. You know the movie really begins at the midpoint so we'll, we'll get to that but it, 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 it's completely obvious um, logan i mean kind of going over all the choices that were made at least character wise trying to break it down uh what i got for a break into two also i mean this may not be correct but it was pretty weak was that he when he gets arrested um after returning the ant-man suit i thought that was maybe part of a little bit of debate there that he was not gonna commit to the to the suit and all that Pim shows up posing as his lawyer and literally gives him choice A, stay in prison the rest of your life. Choice B, keep a close eye out for yeah. something. Yeah. And then boom, like it's not that hard of a choice. You have this, um, like it. It wasn't difficult, you know. It wasn't really like yeah. needed to think about well, it. Well, yeah. breaking that- the two is what you 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 nailed it. That is that is that that whole section is debate and breaking the two, and so when when you. Uh, by the Blake Snyder laws of the universe, <laughs> in which ants do die when you when they're flooded with water. Yes, um, you're supposed. The protagonist is supposed to have a situation where stasis equals death, right? right? Where stay in prison. Yeah. Right, prison and is so pretty prison much. Prison is death. is that. But um, wasn't it? Isn't isn't not seeing your daughter higher stakes than that? And it, isn't that what this movie was about? You get visitation. But not seeing your daughter and being in prison is. The, the going back to prison was completely um, manufactured, though. Yeah. He, he, he got out. He was doing the right thing. And this guy, who's an expert burglar, expert, gets caught. An expert at, the at, suit. at invisible, you know, getting in and out, not being seen. And he basically gets caught in the middle of the street. And yeah. that presents the stasis equals death. It's just really weak choice. It is. It completely is. But I still think, like, the choice that is the break into two is choose to become Ant-Man or not. Right. Which is when? Which is pretty much there. Take the suit or take don't the take the suit. suit. Take, yeah. He takes the suit and then he literally crosses the threshold when he leaves the prison. He's like, go under the door. Sure. That's, that's the fine. crossing your threshold. Yeah, like, st- that's fine. That's exactly. good. That's it, good. But it, that's like an hour into the film. <laughs> it did t- take a while. Yeah. It was, it's, it's, a, it's what they call, it's, it's, it's a, uh, a long walk, as they say, for a joke, right? Mm. Um, B story. Do you have a B story in this film? Uh, I think it's the, the stepdad with the, because... You know that the stepdad is kind of, he's there. He's got to be dealt with. Um, it's kind of like towing that line between, yes, I'm a superhero, but also I love my daughter, but there's this guy living with my daughter and my ex-wife. and I I It's it was, getting, the, getting the daughter back into his life. And, and yeah, I, because the daughter's always like, is daddy a bad man? I would say Hank. Is daddy, yeah. I, I would say that Hank Pym's story with his daughter is actually... B story because it, uh, it takes much more prevalence. In, it, it takes much more time and everything that, right. that's going it on. Does with take everything. Time. Like I mean, that's so much time. And, <laughs> and again, it's setting up Evangeline Lilly for her continued role in all this. Whoa! What? What? I mean, come on, guys! It's like you're stretching out the Marvel material yeah. so thin. This is the poorest choice I've seen. I guess. How much Falcon did we get in this? Ah, 20 seconds? No. Uh, well, if you we include get the little scene. thing at the end. We get one scene with Falcon. So if you're going to be that stingy with your superheroes in a major feature film, you're going to get one superhero in a film? 
That's ridiculous. There was mention of Stark. You know, Tony Stark is well, part. not Tony, his dad. The dad, but he's yeah. in, and he's in there because yeah. it was a reference to the other. Mm-hmm. Iron no, Man. but the, it was enormously stingy with the superhero material. We could have had somewhere at the in the uh, all is lost. You can have Evangeline Lilly's character Hope turn into Wasp, Wasp, Wasp and then c- now we have another. You know, we got a team. Going here, especially at the point where she's like, "This is the guy you want to go with." I'm fully trained. I can do whatever you want. <laughs> oh, and, and, and by the way, there's a suit in the basement that I created for you just for this moment. He's he's been he's been holding out on his daughter. Yeah, and doesn't even tell her why or mom. Also, I mean, they made a point of it where he says like. I didn't want you to do it because you were too important to me. He doesn't even say that. <laughs> uh, Scott has it, yeah. to say it. But that should have that I would say that should have been included in part of Michael Douglas's character arc was to be okay with letting her go and exactly. do it. And said that was a mid credit scene. So right, yeah, a bit confusing. That would have been although great. he's he okay. Challenged. He's he's okay that with this sort of like implied previous relationship with the main antagonist of the film right isn't she like set up with that dude yeah he's making her infiltrate this company and pretend to go out with the guy from house of cards yeah he's uh, i'm sorry <laughs> just i'm not we can't say that i mean this is this is a, this is an adult te- podcast he's pimping out his daughter yeah right yeah, <laughs> to, yeah and he keeps to saying the bad it. guy from yeah. to the if, bad if guy you, from house of cards if you don't turn one. yourself out it's not gonna work yeah. <laughs> but he won't give her the suit so really stingy with Marvel, and really- it's just in the basement of that house they've been living in for like God knows how long. Right, just- she never she never opened the door. What's what's behind this wall? Like so, Paul Rudd would have noticed. What, so right? fun and games of this movie are where things are weak, right? What are the fun and games? What's the promise of the premise of an Ant Man movie? He gets big, he gets small. He gets big, he gets small. <laughs> but it's an origin story. So what do you get? What do you do? Fun and games in an origin story for a superhero learn the power yeah yeah he's, he's learning the powers it's the training it's the keyhole yeah the jumping the through the keyhole thing. that was actually pretty funny and uh, the ant training yes controlling the ants how to fight when he's fighting hope and she pops him in the face yeah do they give us are these are these set pieces creative enough were these because we you know this is what we expect can can they do better or is it stock they could do training so much stuff? better Stock training, yes. stock like training it's montage stock stuff. Training. I would say it would have helped to have her become the wasp so that they could have had hand to hand combat in miniature where he should have been learning how to do that. Just in oh, case he fantastic. encounters someone else yeah, in a that's suit. That's fantastic. That uh, reminds me of Pacific Rim, right? Where the female lead is, is in it from the beginning um, and is and is uh, relevant and kicking the male lead's ass from there on. Sorry, Charlie Hunnam. Give me a call. We'll, we'll talk. <laughs> this actually reminds me, we recently did a podcast on Jurassic World, and we were talking about uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and her um, female lead like not being given enough chance to, to take over, right? And so later, it's almost in the third act of the film, she finally becomes active, and goes and gets the T-Rex. And you're like, you know what? You know, Chris Pratt could get injured by one of the many, many dinosaurs he's fighting off with his hands. And then, you know, bring in your, your, your strong female lead to take over. It's just complete missed opportunities. Um, also, I would have loved to have seen him even attempt a flip in training. And he just does flips everywhere. So I guess we assume a that learning. she taught him how to do a flip that defies gravity. 
uh-huh. of any kind. Like uh, there was martial arts that you, was cool. You, you have trouble believing that the, Flips. the man can who, who can shrink down to a miniature can do a flip. Yeah, how is that? I mean, you still have properties of gravity when you flip, even when you're small. Really, ants really, can, ants can gravity. Flip. Ants can All, flip. Uh, the, the laws of physics are still here. If he's Ant Man, he can't do a flip. Ants can't flip. He's doing tons of like off of stuff. So uh, there definitely was some kind of like ant parkour. So, I did yeah. like. I yeah. did like the ant parkour. Ant parkour. <laughs> exactly. She Park taught him ant parkour. Ant. And the leg Ant-core. flying takedown. That was nice. They used that several times. That that's like a wrestling move. UFC. That's like a the with the legs and then you do a takedown. Okay. Crack the guy's neck. Rear naked ant choke. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, where did we get to a midpoint? Do we have a midpoint for this film? Anyone? When did we yawn? Um, I I thought well, based on the kind of like the definition of the midpoint, when it's like either a major plot twist, it's either you know major up or a major down. Um, what I got for that was when they're supposed to go and steal this piece of technology from Stark Industries, and then upon getting there, discover it's actually the Avengers base. Right. That's what I got for a midpoint. And and someone that's been stalking Paul Rudd meticulously doesn't have the the insight to actually check on Google Maps to just see if it's still the same lab as your dusty old blueprints. I don't know. And so, but well, how how's those? How are the stakes of the story raised at this midpoint? Because now it's the Avengers. You're messing with some. High class people he, here. So, so that's a great concept. If you're if you're sitting around writing a screenplay and saying, uh, "We got a we got a character who's uh, become a superhero. Uh, he might be an Avenger in the future, but his his superpower is that he's a great cat burglar. Have him rob the Avengers. That's a great idea." Yeah, and mm-hmm. they they even say Pym and and Hope even say, "Give up, turn yeah. back." Yeah. Right. And isn't the midpoint the point of no return? So Tremendous. he says, "No, I'm not going to turn back." So, and so, how many forward. how many Avengers are there to prevent him from breaking into the Avengers <laughs> the house? Huh? <laughs> Just the night watchman, the how, graveyard shift. How many of them? Where's Where's Thor he's, and Iron he's Man? Off and another. Where planet. do we have any like B level Avengers? How about there's people, Tony Stark's any, dad? Any agents from <laughs> Shield? Agents of Shield people? No. No. Oh, just Falcon. Just Falcon. Just I mean, because it's an important facility. You need security. So just put Falcon on it. I'm sure he can handle it. So. They were all busy uh, having schwein. Bad guys close in. How do things get more complex as the bad guys close in? Can I just have one note on the bad guy as we go into this? On, yeah, who on, is the bad guy? Um, uh, Darren Cross. House of Cards. House of Cards. Who I don't I don't recognize from gullible, the comics. He may be somebody. governor new or he may be just invent he may be somebody new in the comics or he may be invented okay. as far as i know i don't know that he was yellow jacket i mean in the comics hank pym becomes yellow jacket hank oh, pym goes crazy because of the pym particles and he becomes yellow jacket which is part of the whole thing that's that makes far this, more interesting right? like yeah. that makes this whole story so much and better and then he's against the dad and the daughter's against the dad and that was dropped in too like oh the particles are making you go crazy it took a toll on me what happened to the particles and and the liquid right didn't he, when he broke into the safe we saw the liquid in the background right mm-hmm. well is that too close to have the mentor become the villain like in Iron Man, the first one? Is that just too close to But that? that's what I was going to say is that this is basically the same plot as Iron Man. Yeah. It's the guy who took over the company or was taking over the company now becomes the big bad and right. fights yeah. for the technology. Like It felt like exactly the same thing as the first Iron Man movie, didn't it? Yeah. Like just with the roles and, reversed. And Iron Man is uh, irresponsible. 
He doesn't care about his company. Um, he just he just likes to make weapons and money, and then he reforms his company. Now we make uh, uh, we, we're gonna we're gonna protect people. Can't spell protect without tech. That's oh. true. They do say that particular word a lot. My tech. You stole my tech. He's I using like that my tech. That's Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright uses that. Uh, Edgar Wright and uh, and uh, his is his. Uh, but they are setting up clearly. Uh, all of the PIM technology to be the substitute for Iron Man in the future movies. The Ant-Man movies or bigger... I, no, all the the Marvel. The, you know, in Civil War, in Captain America Civil War. Okay. It's not too big of a spoiler, I think, no, that you no. know that, they're, they're, that the whole idea of Civil War is the heroes are all divided. And you're either on Captain America's... Themselves. Yeah, you're either on Captain oh, America's side or you're on Iron Man's side. because of this liquid... No, it's it's a it's a it's a government thing. There's a heroes Reg- powers registration act, okay. and some heroes are for it that you can register with the government, and some heroes are against it. And I'm sorry, I, th- I saw that in the second X Men movie. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but it it, it was okay. rehashed. Comic from books, each other from they yeah, stole yeah, from yeah. each other. Okay, but, I'm not going to complain. I don't care. I don't care if you do the archetype again. I just want to see new execution, mm-hmm. original execution. T- today, my bigger problem with the movie was not that it. That these general plot ideas have been done before. It was but that it was the they weren't execution. executed well. They weren't executed originally, mm-hmm. and certainly not consistently. This thing was not consistent throughout. There were some great funny moments, some great CG, but inconsistencies. Um, bad guys close in. It's it's invade. Uh, you got to rob the it's Avengers. A, it's a heist movie, so heist. Right. The heist gets started and things go wrong. And mm-hmm. I mean. And at the same time, they're kind of like cross-cutting to uh, cross-creating <laughs> the particle or the uh, the formula. So he keeps demolishing these goats. Yeah, poor, poor goats. goats yeah. The sheep. <laughs> they the didn't. They didn't make that funny once. No, but that's to save the cat. Like, oh, you no. really hate this guy because he's destroying yeah, his cat. Yeah, but but that is that's that was just got gratuitous. I'm like, are you seriously gonna do that again? Well, he did it with the guy in the men's room. I know. Well, that but that, that made him funny, yeah. killing a human is one thing. Killing Still a working sheep. out the bugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a line from our antagonist. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we just need to call it. Hey, <laughs> podcast is over when we if we do two puns in a row. That should be a, that should be a damn mic. rule. Um, <laughs> one note on the ending. I mean, if we're getting towards the end, is yeah. kind of the whiff of death that um, we start getting. All is to. lost. Yeah. Um, well, specifically Whiff of Death that's within kind of that, that time frame. I mean, Pim gets shot. So, yeah, I mean, okay. there is that, sure. But, I mean, the real feeling of the Whiff of Death was when he lost his Antony. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's why I think he was named at all. Like, right. they named him so that you would feel he, he was... He could be he, his battle cat, his right. sidekick. Yeah. That, and that character should have been much more relevant in our story, yeah. right? He should have been... Antony should have been far more involved in the training, Right. And at least tagged in some way, because you can't really tell them apart. He had a saddle. saddle. He had a he saddle. Ne- oh, he did have a saddle. That's right. It was hard to see, though. Yeah, it was hard to see. Because ants are small. Mm. <laughs> he has to be full size like that other ant. <laughs> now, typically, the, the whole all is lost, whiff of death, um, that comes after bad guys close in. And I got the, the whole Anthony kind of maybe that's the whiff of death. But like you guys said, you don't really care about the ant that much. It's not really yeah. like his pet. It is an it's ant. It's the closest yeah. thing, though. I mean, yeah. we we didn't care much about the dad being shot. But yeah. I, I would say I thought a stronger whiff of death was actually in the flashback for Wasp, the mother, when they when he gives that very heartfelt story, finally revealing the death of Wasp and, and to, to Evangeline Lilly's character. I was like, well, 
this doesn't make sense because that's also before the midpoint. So right. it's confusing. In case you didn't get it the first time when he's like, that. you can't mess they with the regulator and he wells up with tears. They could have saved that revelation from for the three-quarter point, right? Isn't that a, a point in the script? This is usually the ghost that usually is right before Act 3 is the ghost is revealed from the past. Yeah, that's a good place to put it. Um, I don't know how much of a Dark Knight of the Soul we have there. Uh, who, who has a Dark Knight of the Soul? Who has a Reckoning? Um, all I got for Scott Lang for Dark Knight of the Soul was that he admits he's expendable to um, to uh, what's her Pim's daughter Hope. Hope. So I mean that also is like like the first part of Act Two I think. And then she's got to she's got to buck him up, right? And that that reminded me of Leia and Luke on the Falcon after Obi Wan died. She's like, don't worry, here's a blanket. <laughs> Dark Knight of the Soul. Exactly that, the that, that was it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Leia is far more active female protagonist uh, than, than poor Hope. She should do something, princess. <laughs> but the hairdo was, was equally as unique. A little bob. Evangeline Lilly's a beautiful actress. Well, you should give, him some, give her some great story, but please. That, that haircut is from the comics. That Excellent. Is, that is Wasp's. Ah. That's, that's her mother's haircut in the comics. Cool. Jan, Janet's, yeah. Cool. So. Well, they had some detail. Yeah. Break into three, guys. Where are we? Third act. Who, where does the third act? Where does the main character choose to take up the final journey again? Okay. Um, what I got was when Cro- uh, Cross shows up unexpectedly to Pim's house and uh, basically tells him, um, "I have something to show you," and they kind of get the hint. Okay, he's figured it out, um, and that kind of sets into motion. The, the finale where they have to gather the team and execute the new plan so that's what I got for the break into three was that threshold where Cross um, reveals he's he's succeeded and he's going to to unveil his new technology not new technology but his recreated technology for ill intent so. give us help us do it be a structure badass Logan give us the five point finale all right so <laughs> the Blake Snyder five point finale in the third act all right, so according to the Blake Snyder <laughs> five-point finale called Storming the Castle is actually very relevant to Ant-Man. Uh, point number one for the five-point finale is gathering the team. This literally happens in Ant-Man. He gathers his old compadres who are criminals, uh, each playing their own role to get the new plan together, which is point number two, executing the plan. What, did, what is the plan? The plan in Ant-Man, they're going to infiltrate the building through the water pressure instead of in the little tank or in any other kind of convenient <laughs> way. Right. It's got to be complex. No, no vents for this one. Yes, the vents were They blocked. didn't see Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they didn't put them in a pocket or something. That was that was too, too easy. So um, they have the other criminals kind of like misleading other guards and whatnot. Um, and then it all comes to the high tower surprise, which in this case is the grand scheme of getting Ant-Man to the kind of, uh, what is it? It's like the blocked access to the, the yellow, yellow jacket. jacket suit. Yes, the so grid, the, that the electrical grid, grid yes. which so, our bad Russian accent man has to disable. So that is the What is that guy's name in the movie? Anyone? Uh, Kurt is his name in the film. <laughs> is uh, that a Russian name? No, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> Alexei, perhaps. <laughs> Yevgeny. <laughs> Andre. 
we Yvonne, have... anything. Just, you know, not Kurt. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, like Schwarzenegger being Detective John Kimball. <laughs> Very German. All right. Finish the five points. So, anyway. so the surprise, he gets to the high tower, and then right away you realize it was all just a big trap set up by, by Cross in order to get Ant-Man and get Pym and his daughter all together. Cross at this point is Yellow Jacket. Yellow Jacket. We'll go with Yellow Jacket um, since he is now officially the villain um, with the same exact power as Ant-Man, but with lasers. Uh, right. Ooh, ooh. Lasers that always miss, by the it way. It reminded me a lot of Wolverine versus Sabretooth in the first one. They're like, these guys have the same power. Yeah. They just like, and it's like, and a, I forgot. Is color. it his father, his brother? Like, it's, it's his cousin. Yeah, he's, yeah see, it would have been a lot cooler if it was his dad. Yeah, bigger view. <laughs> that would be a lot cooler yeah. if you were, man. So, um, yeah, it's Ant Man with lasers. That missed. Yeah. How come Ant Man's suit doesn't have lasers? Right? Again, because in the comics, it is the same guy with just <laughs> an upgrade. You know, it's just, it's, it's just upgrades to uh-huh. his, his suit and his powers. So, I this is weird. I believe they uh, call it double hocus pocus. In, uh, in the, the no, it's the thing. same hocus pocus. That's the problem. Oh, okay. It's it's identical. Hocus pocus <laughs> yeah. is the problem. It's hocus hocus. Ho hocus, New Jersey. Hocus hocus. I also would have liked to know, like he he said in the film, like you have you're missing this one component to copy my technology, and he did some mention of the helmet. But then they didn't say, like, what was he missing this whole time with the goats? Yeah. Just it out. But he also did it. He figured it out with the goats and he already had it. So why did he need the Ant-Man suit? It's like the rules, as you said, yeah. were not established and they weren't followed through and they weren't continued. Right. Uh, do we finish the five points? Almost. Yeah, uh, so that was point number three, the high tower surprise. The fourth point is dig deep down. And this, I believe, is when Ant-Man, where he should have figured out some elaborate scientific way of escaping that chamber, he just kind of throws a thing at it and <laughs> right. blows up and he gets out. Chinese star. Exactly. Yeah. So, Honey, I blew up the, sh- the star. <laughs> so uh, he dug down deep in his pockets and threw this thing <laughs> out. Right. Uh, and then they go into this whole chase scene and Mike, uh, Michael Douglas gets shot, but it, you don't really. It's not know. critical. It's not yeah. just the shoulder. And and what what about the uh, falling into the like infinite nothingness of being ah. super atomically small? So that would Sub-atomic. be the fifth point of storming the castle, which is called execution of a new plan. So after the dig down deep, they go into the big finale battle scene, which is kind of hilarious on a toy train set in a six year old girl's room. <laughs> uh, so that was actually really funny. I thought um, that execution of the new plan, though is when his daughter and the stepfather Paxton, who you really don't care if he dies or not, but the daughter, yeah, you don't want her to die. They might die. He decides to do the forbidden and changes his- Regulator. Regulator, right. So that was executing a new plan and at pretty much sacrificing himself to stop the villain. And then, um, I hope you get this reference, but finally he gets down to atomic size and Dennis Quaid is there in his <laughs> inner space <laughs> machine. Yes. Yes. That movie's from 1987. And, and Pim had to sneeze to get him back out. Yeah, and he sneezes to get him back out. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where is Martin Short when we need him? Can I backtrack? Jack for, Putter. For one second, too, when we were talking before about the All is Lost moment. Yeah. I mean, if we're following all of this, the All is Lost lost moment is right before all this which actually they do say you know it's all gone it's all lost because they didn't get that part from the avengers they thought that that right. moment it, it, it so was blown and then he's like no i got it so he, was, got he it. was leia he so was the one who said no everything's okay 
so um and, and wait hold, can we yeah. I, I got us at a subatomic level he's like tripping out but then he puts the thing in his regulator and that's the big solution like pim wouldn't have even conceived of this solution and discussed it with his mom and I was expecting maybe the mom to show up in the subatomic universe Absolutely. and be like, "We've been waiting for you. Just yeah, use the regular." It, it would no, no. It was gonna. It was gonna be Matthew McConaughey. Uh, in, 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 in I've, I've taken my shirt off at a subatomic <laughs> level. Right. Oh, did you guys saw Big Hero Six? Huh? Did you guys yeah. see did, Big Hero yeah. Six? Because that was that plot. Like same same plot there, and that was satisfying. Yeah. Wish but, fulfillment. Hmm. So so no, I thought it was gonna be Matthew McConaughey from. Uh, I didn't see that. Interstellar. For Interstellar, like it's stuck in the bookcases and, and say, hey, dude, like, do you have a cigarette? <laughs> no, I have a Got feeling. A I have a feeling this this uh, this Chinese star solution, this this re- auto reversal, which is used in this script to solve every problem. Everything. Sounds like a, like a producer note. It does not sound like a screenwriter did it. It's like, all right, we don't know our way out of this. We can't come up with creative, interesting ways for our protagonist to come to solve new and interesting problems on their own on his own yeah. so we just have this like this this cure-all it's like a james bond weapon that like you know is there and it'll it's solve it's deus ex machina yeah right it's god on a chinese star yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> on your belt right shurugan ex machina yeah, yeah i was gonna say like it might not be chinese could be a show yeah can... wow absolutely um we're, we gotta we gotta sum it up, guys. I want to hear what you guys liked about this movie. We've been gigging on it a bit. I want it worked on a couple levels. So, I, I thought the, I thought the funny parts were funny, and yeah. but and they should have just gone like the train the train falling over and having the big giant fight and the you know the train just tipping over that was in the trailer. Yeah, that was really the funniest moment. Yeah, that was that was very that, Lego like, movie for me. It was like meta toy comedy. Yeah, adults get it. Yeah, and and it's not goofy, and the kids will laugh, and the adults will laugh, and it's not goofy. I, I agree with the comedy part. I mean, Paul Rudd. There's no other. Uh, he did that part with the kiss. Like that was that was Which really one? cool. Where he's like, did I just? No, the part where so the dad discovers them with the kiss, but then also the part where he's like, did I ruin a moment? Did I? <laughs> did I? Did I? Oh, I'll just I'll just make some tea. You know, <laughs> it's pretty because like Hollywood would never do that. Right, like, right. They let them. And Paul Rudd's like, did you just try to kiss me? Seriously, yeah. <laughs> in front of your just dad? Like, like, I, I, I do. Yeah, that's Paul Rudd comedy. That's his improv. Yeah. I mean, she had one tear falling down one cheek, then the other camera tear falling down another <laughs> cheek, and then he just comes in and ruins. It was it was great. Logan, what did you like about Ant Man? Right, uh, the humor is great. I also love the uh, running joke with Michael Pena. His storytelling was yeah. hilarious. They'd cut to those people and they would just be mouthing his words, <laughs> right. and it was just hysterical. Wrong details. Times. Wrong details. Yeah, and he's like, no, no, no. It's just simplify it, and he's just still going on. It's totally. <laughs> when they cut to Falcon speaking in Pena's voice yeah. and using his his language, <laughs> it was hysterical because Falcon's way too cool to do to speak that way. That was and, and very well done. It's great too. He's like, I'm more of a neo cubist. <laughs> oh yeah, is and there was a Rothko there. It was really <laughs> exciting. But that could have been in the Cornetto trilogy. In, yes, in movies, that is right? such Edgar Wright right? comedy. Like, You're that's absolutely still there. Right. Like, that was left over. And these the are the part. best funny moments yeah. of the movie, right? Yeah, so humor, that was all That was all good there, I thought. Um, I really thought they did a good job of bringing you into that like microscopic world. The CGI, you basically got what you paid for there. Um, but but again, you know, it, was, it felt... Uh, the original Iron Man... 
did a really great job of using saving a lot of the computer graphics for the third act and using them sparsely throughout the second act. Um, who's who's Iron Man's uh, Jarvis? Jarvis. They have Jarvis special effects in the Act Two when, when he's you see his face right when that. he's creating the suits and he's uh, experimenting and stuff, which is again a parallel for this movie. It's an origin story for Iron Man. He's learning to use his powers. Very uh, good rationing of the budget that they 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 have for computer graphics. This in Ant Man, it's just kind of all over the place. And like I, I remember that that one scene in in the falling suitcase with Siri was yeah. brilliant and that yeah. they need more of that and um, less of the silly things that like the shrinking and the and 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 the and the and the growing and the shrinking and the growing yeah it was very chaotic like it wasn't like he's shrinking and then he stays shrunk for a little it was like shrink punch 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 big punch 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 yeah. shrink punch 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 and, and every time he shrunk you know and he's and he's running around it it, it started becoming ant movie what yeah. it, is it right isn't that is it, was it called ant movie them Hmm? Them. Ants. Ants with a Z. Oh, with a Z. Oh. Yeah, Ants, the ant movie. I thought you meant right? like the original giant ant movie, Them. No, no, I mean, it, it's like, okay, I'm an ant size. But yeah, so the jumping back and forth was a little kinetic for me. But One thing about the the way that I think it was shot and the, the whole idea of the size is they, they didn't really do a lot of close-ups when he was small. Mm-hmm. They still tried to keep him small-looking on screen, which I think yeah. was... With the, with the wide. Yeah, I think that stylistically was a mistake. I think in Iron Man, you got inside the helmet and you got those close shots, so it was, yeah. there was still an association. You had none of that here. Yeah. So it, it was really distancing. Yeah, you can see Jarvis's like red, you know, the yeah, printing. It's yeah. like Jarvis, give me some missiles or whatever, and you see a close. We never get to see POV of being a super small dude. Yeah, right. Uh, What's that like? like? There should have been know. far more of that. Yeah, very briefly, do you ever get a sense of that? And the only th- thing I can remember of them Falcon stomps it? on him. He's Falcon stomp stomping him. on him. Actually, I totally forgot about that. I was gonna say just when he first puts on the suit, and then he shrinks into the bathtub, yes. and then it just looks like this gigantic, expansive environment. And that's pretty much what you get. But yeah. but that was still gigantic because of the mm-hmm. wide. Like if they would have done like a close up of like what's that giant chasm in front of me? Oh, it's a drain. Biggest. You know? I'm gonna go around. This is gonna be the last thing. Biggest story improvement that could have been done. Biggest opportunity missed or biggest story improvement you would do with the script. Mine, absolutely is, uh, the female lead. Yeah. Wasp. Becoming wasp far earlier midpoint. Three quarter way. I mean, this—that's complete missed opportunity. Um, we 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 needed that. He needed he needed a mentor. He needed a a a partner in crime. And poor Antony. Um, or or you could have elevated Antony to a higher level of a of a sidekick. Or Pym could have worked the operation somehow, like uh, Barbara Gordon for Batman. You know, yeah, like yeah, a behind yeah. the Oracle. Alec? I I I think that the villain needed to be a better villain. I just think yeah. I I think that we've seen. Uh, villains like Cross before and it just wasn't interesting in the way that it was executed it wasn't original and I think that this this uh, mythology has that built in notion of Pym going crazy and becoming the villain That's so why deeper. not it's darker why it's not so much go more there sophisticated and you know what you could see it would be a lot more like friends become enemies you know totally. the nice dad in the suit losing it and, and, and that happens in, in a lot of um, uh, like I'm thinking of Dr. Octopus or or, or um thinking of uh dr doom you know a good man gone bad because of his scientific research right and it's there it's in the source yeah, material so source, why yeah. yeah the particles are affecting him we just don't know how and then they will affect ant-man we just don't know how yeah. and they did affect wasp but we didn't know how 
Jordan, how would you have improved this? Film? I would have taken all the little, like, suspend disbelief moments. It just got like to me, what? man. What are you talking it, so, about? So, like, in addition to the $20 child support and the Baskin Robbins <laughs> no, no, thing. No, no, no. <laughs> like, and, like, the does the guy need to be Russian? Does he need to have the um, Pena? He gets a job like in a day at this high security facility. What's the application process like for that? Like he just is in the he's in there. Like was he doing it from? I don't know. It was all these things that just made me suspend disbelief. <laughs> the area, the areas that you're stuck suspending disbelief. I, that that just detracted from me. Like from an otherwise good film. Like it has comedy. It has good story. You know, uh-huh. on paper. And how do ex-cons have driver's licenses? How could they be driving a truck? How can you rent a truck as an ex-con? That's a big problem. Is it really? I didn't know that. <laughs> but yeah, look into that. Um, uh, who, what, what, uh, do you do you want to do you want to tell us what happened with his Russian accent for? It's. N- I mean, it wasn't. Nick, he's Nikolai. obviously not from <laughs> Russia. Um, he's trying too hard, and I think that's why you get things like we have, we have. So there was one line when he's like, he's in the building. And NG is a tough sound for Russians to make, so it'd be mm-hmm. like building, you know, like building. the K like you're used to. Um, yeah, he was just trying too hard, but that's that's not that big a deal. I guess, you know, I could get past it. But why is he Russian is the better question. Um, yeah, every, the accents were fine, you know, like there's nothing, nobody that's over the top. You know, Evangeline Lilly's Canadian, Ball Rudd's from Kansas. It's perfect. Like, they nailed it. They nailed it. Logan? Um, I guess I would say I would have liked to have seen more of Scott Lang's power, um, like Alex said, that was the point of seeing him in the Ant-Man suit was to devise his way out of these tough situations, and we only saw it at the very beginning. Um, so giving him more of that intellectual power would have been very nice to see. And then just on second thought, because Falcon's kind of like an extremely weak Avenger, would have loved to have seen like War Machine or something like that. Mm, good that would have been a good one, but yeah. With that, I want to thank my panel tonight. I want to thank Alec, Jordan, Logan, David. <laughs> I want to make an ant pun. <laughs> I want to uh, encourage people to check out at B12 Studio on Instagram for more about the B12 Studio if you're interested in renting it. Fantastic. Here in New York City um, in Midtown. This is The Script Podcast, produced by Jordan Rosengarten and David Negrin. You can email us, fan mail us, hate mail us, comments, questions, or proclamations to scriptfeed at gmail.com. Join our Facebook page or Google Plus page by searching for NYC Screenwriters Collective. You can also follow us on Twitter, at scriptfeed. If you live in New York City, sign up for our workshops at meetup.com under NYC Screenwriters Collective. You can also find Jordan Yanko, elite accent dialect coach at... JordanYanko.com. Jordan, Y-A-N-C-O.com.